this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. To another episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee. And for tonight, we have a true privilege, a true privilege in the form of the utmost certainty, an abundance of fascination indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's extraordinary guest, Whitney Fox. Now then, Whitney. Hi there, General Lee. Thanks for having <laughs> me on your show. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been uh have you been keeping there i've been pretty uh, good, good you know all things considered hanging in there yeah today the madness of today it's um <laughs> it's chronic it <laughs> is um it's just one thing after another and it's just continuous continuous they're not even letting us have a breather yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> it's um sure. Yeah, yeah, it's worrying to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess this is what makes um, it makes it so interesting for us. Whatever we speak about, because there's so much. Yeah, indeed. So much going on, and so much to learn. Constantly. <laughs> yeah, It'd be yeah. nice to kind of cruise for a while, but, you know, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not where we're at in the world at the moment. No, it isn't at all. Uh, it, it seems like things are um, uh, accelerating, though. You know, these sort <sighs> of uh, things coming to light and a shift towards, um, you know, people waking up. That's at least yeah. from where I sit. It seems like it's like every day gets like exponential, um, exponentially uh, more confusing, but also enlightening. Even some of my super, yeah. super normie friends are going, wait, what the f- is going on? <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm like, you just nearly swore. You know? <laughs> hey, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I fully understand. Yeah. Um, I think what's what I find it, it, it's worrying is you, you, you're still getting people, um, people that class themselves as being, um, you know, educated, uh, right? But still, so easily you manipulated. Know. I heard a phrase, I don't know who said it, but it, you know, it goes, um, the, the truth must, the truth can't be told, it must be learned. So, you know, I think in our psyches, somebody can tell us something a hundred times, but until we learn the facts on our own, then yeah. 
it won't sink in, you know? So um, I think people like you and I have been learning for so long and other people who have just been, you know, watching the football game and, you know, six pack yoga, like now they're having to start doing their own research and, you know, figure out why everything that's going on is going on. And some people are just going to keep their heads buried in the sand. It's too much. You know, they don't have the bandwidth for it. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I think I think it does take you. You have got to look into this this yourself. You really have. You Whatever do. you're looking at, you, you need just for your own. Uh, your and some own, people don't have the stomach. You know, some yeah. of it is so dark, and if you don't have the stomach for it, I kind I'm kind of jealous of these people though. You know, the ignorance is bliss, folks. You know, like yeah. sometimes I just <laughs> like, you know you know you just yeah. you know just, la 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 <laughs> whatever. But, you know, you yeah. can't put the toothpaste back in the tube once you know it, you know? Yeah, so. you know, like, sometimes I'm thinking, I thought, like, at some point, I was feeling sorry for some people, but I, I don't feel sorry for those people anymore because it's, it can't be any more obvious yeah. than what it really is. Big... You know, mm-hmm. trying your fucking face, for God's sake, you know what I mean? But just, with uh, the cognitive cognitive dissonance you know it's almost like we're living on different planets so some people i'll talk to and i'll be like (laughs) are we actually in the same dimension right now you know i can't can you hear me (laughs) like are we what is the sky blue to you or what you know we just you know more than ever i mean maybe that always happened but it was easier to avoid oh i just won't hang with them or like but now you know i mean holy cow people that i've been friends with for ever you know like i've got a good friend we're we're actually extended family members and she is mad at me for not trusting the science like she literally said it to me how to trust the science like when when can we ever trust the science like this is what you know when can we ever trust the government why now all of these like anti you know these you know like the the counterculture people are now just jumping on the bandwagon oh it's the government you know like it's unbelievable. It's you know I, to use an overused phrase of clown world. I just it's all, all I see. It's like clowns. You know, too many too many clowns in one car. You know, with clown cars rolling down the street with a double mask, people and I don't know. Not to offend anybody, you know, but um, I'm just saying, like at this point, come on, you know. I get you. I get yeah yeah yeah. I know you get me, and probably your audience does too. But you know, there's. I'm sure they do. I am sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. Other other places, well, you got to zip it, and that's you know, there's some that tells you all you need to know right there. You know, there's some topics that are not allowed for discussion in certain places. So, yeah. We can speak about what I I, I do. There's no boundaries on the show. I do enjoy talking with a like-minded person, though. You know. Yes. Dito. Dito. Well, before we begin. Uh, how rude of mm-hmm. me. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Nico from Upstate Convention. Yeah, Nico's just great. I've really enjoyed talking with Nico. He's a great guy. We have a lot in common, too. Lot, lots of stuff. Brilliant. Thanks, Nico, mate. Uh, yeah, thanks, Nico. <laughs> so, Whitney. Paranormal hauntings. Yeah, 
would you like to share with uh, with our audience, please? Your your uh, sure. experiences. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a couple. <laughs> um, I mean, not constantly <laughs> through my life, but um, I for sure had uh, have had a few, and there's a let's just call it a like a shift in the atmosphere that occurs with that. Um, right. And because I started having a few, not daily, not all the time. I, did, I wasn't raised in a haunted house or anything, but um, I think I learned pretty young to sort of uh, tune in, or the best word, to, to be aware of the shift in energy. Um, so you actually knew so, before, before they were happening? Yeah, so it's kind of like, do you, you know when you're in a storm or a, a like a dry storm or a storm that hasn't started, the rain hasn't started, but you know that there's lightning? Smell it, yeah. Kind of smell it and you can feel it. Yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you've had that experience, it kind of reminds me of that. Like, it's just a shift in the general um, sort of energy in the air. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm grateful for the, okay, so early, early on, my mother's sister, um, her name is Helen and, and her husband, um, we would go camping every um, summer up in Utah here in the States. And um, we'd go Utah. for like three weeks for a month in Utah. And uh, we'd go camping and fishing. And my dad would you know, take a few weeks off work and we'd have our trailer, our motorhome. And, and we'd meet up with them. And then um, we'd go fishing. And then we'd go back to their place to do all our laundry. and showers and stuff like that yeah. so she had a poltergeist that was attached to her specifically um hey. i don't know if, if because it i don't know if it was my earliest one but it was sort of the, the one where i sort of learned about that energy um because other stuff happened when i was young and you know throughout but this was like a presence that was so hey. obvious and so um, like would would not just would not be ignored. <laughs> so, um, and his name was George. They called him George. And um, when George was around, it was like that static electricity in the air in the room, or um, even just in their house, or with Helen. Um, so, you know, we like I said, we would go. Some of the kind of stuff that would happen would there would be apportations um which i was little so i just thought magic happened you know like oh a camera just appeared on the bed that had been missing for six months uh, in some ways i kind of thought well that just happened because i didn't know the world well enough you know I oh know i just physics, accepted you know? it in a way except um everybody would freak out you know like the adults would just flip out and so um, and I had had two quote imaginary friends when I was little, when I was little until that was freaking everybody out. <laughs> and by freaking out, it would be, I called them Dean and Dodie. And if I would say something like, oh, you just sat on Dean or, uh, you know, Dondi wants a glass of water, you know, something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they would all give each other knowing glances and just be like, uh, okay, could you stop doing that? You know? And so then I learned, I guess maybe by 
four, three or four to just stop saying it. And then I sort of just stopped saying them. Um, but so when jo- with George, I had no reason to doubt that there were other entities present without bodies, I guess is the best way to put it. It's just that um, the, the most concerning thing would be the fear that, and uh, you know, my aunt, she never, she never got used to it. It never stopped scaring her or alarming her, you know, she, and, you know, George was with them for, you know, her, her and her husband for the entirety of their lives. Essentially they were high school sweethearts and they, um, you know, they contacted him with a homemade Ouija board just playing around and, um, you know, on the Ouija board, George professed his love for Helen and, you know, so, but was always monkeying around, you know, always moving stuff, always messing with people in the house. Um, and it's not, I didn't live in Utah, I grew up in California, so it was just every summer and there would be many experiences with George. Um, a couple of them, for example, is um, one that I remembered, and this might have been the not the first one, but the first sort of dramatic one for me is, um, I don't know if there's any listeners in Utah, but we would go um, fishing to a place called uh, Joe's Valley. And you know, great Valley. fishing, beautiful. Joe's Valley, yeah. Southern Utah, southern to central Utah. Uh, Utah's a weird place, by the way. Um, lots of weird stuff happens up there. But, yes, um, yes, yes, apparently so. Yeah, uh, fascinating. Yeah, it's like a hot spot weird spot i don't know there's a lot of energy a lot of that we could go probably we could probably do a whole show on how weird utah is but um anyway yeah right um this so this one event it was back when um you pull a trailer like they called them fifth wheels and so you have a big car big boat of a car and then you pull your trailer and so uh, helen and thurlow uh, they had their, they had a, a clothes rack across the back seat of their car yeah. so that they could have all of their clothes in the car instead of in the trailer, you know, safe space uh, and uh, yeah. other passengers. So there was a, um, an evening where I, you know, I was probably, I was maybe nine or 10 and I, um, or so. And, um, there was an evening where, you know, I feel like I was pretty smart and pretty aware I could sense the energy from the adults where they were like talking in hushed tones and a little more shrill. And so I knew something was up with George, um, but I wasn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to scare me. I and mean, I brought a friend on the strip. Anyway, uh, so uh, nothing happened that evening, but we, uh, uh, I woke up the next morning to Helen screaming outside, just yelling, crying, you know, went out there and, you know, for sure, I already knew about George, and I knew this wasn't an act. There was no reason for her to be doing this on a, you know, a peaceful uh, sorry, Valley Whitney. fishing trip. Sorry, Whitney, is, it, yeah? is Helen your aunt? Yeah, she was my mu- yeah, my aunt. My right, okay, okay. Um, All right, sorry, I just, just, uh, just... That's okay. Clarify. Thank you. Um, so it turns out that George had done some uh, fairly malicious poltergeist activity through the night and all of the clothes were out of the car that she, you know, they claimed was locked and they were, the clothes were stuffed up in the wheel wells of the car. Uh, there were some stuff up in the, uh, like 
you know, uh, what's it called, the dashboard, um, and, you know, yeah. all over the place, way up in the trees, like like a pair of trousers, way up in the trees, you know, Relax, I told this story Rock once, and, yeah, somebody said, well, maybe it was squirrels or animals, and there's no way this, like, pair of big jeans was going to be hanging up in a tree, like squirrels, and it's, you know, it just didn't make sense, but, oh, it doesn't so, solve it was mostly just the clothes, but they were everywhere, just everywhere. So, you know, um, could have had some explanations, some other explanations, except the car was, you know, locked again. So make of it what you will. It was for sure one where there was some pregame because I knew they were talking about George. So I think maybe something had already happened. And, you know, later in life, you know, I've heard stories about poltergeist and things and it always kind of seems to be attached to a location, but um, I think you know the, George was attached to my aunt. So um, the the other real dramatic one um, that one was very dramatic for me because I hadn't seen I'd heard more stories than not. I was present for a camera uh, appearing out of literally nowhere that you know they claimed had been missing for months. Um, <clears throat> just showed up on their bed um, and and. You know, mostly my, my aunt's reaction, because like I said, she never got used to it. It was always just drama, scary drama for her. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know why she didn't have a constant ulcer. Maybe she did. Um, but I also would hear, I'd be privy to conversations on my mom's side of phone calls. And she would, they would talk very often. And a lot of times I would overhear the topic of George, you know, so, and you know, it should be said here that I've always had a fascination with the paranormal, the occult, the mysterious, uh, otherworldly, you know, consciousness. Oh, wait, since a child, yeah. because essentially, you know, I'm trying to justify my own sanity. Like, it, you know, um, am I crazy for what I feel like I hear and see? Or, uh, you know, so pretty insatiable appetite for that kind of thing um, from an early age. Um, so the second thing, which this is that happened with George, it, it may, I kind of feel like maybe it doesn't sound as dramatic as it was, but it was terrifying when it happened. So, yeah. um, well, okay. I, let me just also say here, it was hair raising because I was told it was hair raising by the media, by movies, by TV, by, you know, the adult. I hadn't been pre-front-loaded or programmed for fear. I probably would not have thought anything of it. I would have just been like, hey, George, you silly goose, you know? <laughs> so, so I was in an age where I was beginning to be programmed. And so I was pushing down or pushing away what I have come to believe were natural, a natural interest and natural abilities. You know, and I think a lot of us do that. A lot of us that are curious about other realms, you know, subconscious realms, or, you know, I I think a lot of us have some varied kind of abilities, or maybe we all have abilities, you know, that that have evolved for survival, you know, to have a sense. I kind of think that, and then we push them down, or maybe, you know, I'm very conspiratorial-minded, maybe that's intentional, you know, maybe the, um, you know, the media does these things intentionally, you know, you want to lose, as it were. <laughs> um, 
so anyway, this other thing, George, the biggie, you know, those little stuff, but um, the other biggie was um, I, I had another, I had another friend on this trip and I was a little older, about 12. And um, we were watching uh, TV in a, uh, a finished out basement. Um, it's like a room downstairs room that was just a very small window that was closed by the way. And, you know, the washer and dryer was down there and, you know, it was like a little living room, had a TV and my friend and I are watching TV down there, and, and um, uh, over the TV uh, was this, um, this hideous um, uh, sort of fake birdcage that you might find back in the day, and then it was even more outdated, but it was just something that was hanging over the TV, and it was, it, it looked like a birdcage, but instead of metal, it was this, like, black thread, and hanging from a wicker uh chain and inside was like fake birds and fake <laughs> it was terrible but um <laughs> uh anyway it, it was hanging from one of those hooks that hang from the ceiling and um that you hang you know like lamps and stuff from and and um my aunt was directly uh above us you know just you know to the other side of that i could hear we could hear her walking around and she was cooking her in the kitchen that's the kitchen morning. <clears throat> And um, suddenly the birdcage, it turned about 180 degrees on its axis. And so, you know, both my friend and I were old enough to know that, you know, if something turns on a chain on its axis, it's going to need to turn back to regulate itself. But it, yeah. if you know what I mean, right? Um, but it turned and it, it stayed. And so, you know, first of all, turning was weird enough. But the fact that it stayed, and so both of I, uh, both of our eyes were locked on this thing. Like, how did this is defined physics? You know, what are we looking at? And so, um, you know, little we kind of looked at each other, and like, and I, I obviously knew about George. My friend, not so much. Um, you know, sidebar, she did have a, a a ghost in her house, so she was for sure open to this, and I had witnessed that thing another time. Um, so she was for sure open to this, but not, not scared. You know, she was, she was like, oh shit, what's this? And then, um, my aunt had, uh, an uncle had a little dog, the little dog comes down and just starts barking, 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 barking at this thing. And so on its axis, you know, uh, instead of coming back to where it should have, it should have never stayed in that position. It just, it, that just defies the laws, but unless somebody's holding it. And, uh, but instead, it starts following my aunt's footsteps where she's walking upstairs. And so, you know, it was really when the dog, that, that started happening. And then it was when the dog came down and started just barking its head off. You know, both of our adrenaline finally just got the better of us. And Bouncer, you know, bouncer. And just, you know, we ran out. And so, um, scared shitless. Like, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, uh, obviously my uncle, sweetest man in the world, and my dad, you know, um, knew that something happened with George and essentially we're like, okay, well, now we're going to have to talk to the 12-year-olds because, you know, so I think they thought they were keeping stuff from me, but I knew the whole time and had had my own experiences. And, and so my dad, very... Uh, just grounded world war ii you know one of those guys just 
handsome, smart, funny, clever, you know, um, good job, you know, uh, bronze star, purple heart, you know, just straight up dude. He's like, yeah, there's a ghost in this house. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I just got to break the news. There's actually a ghost here. You know? <laughs> um, wow. So he knew, he knew hundred percent. And of course my uncle knew. And so they pulled us aside and was like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's harmless in love with Helen. And I got the story about the Ouija board and all of that stuff. And then, and then he, you know, went on to tell me uh, that, um, you know, a, a TV repairman had come and had the same thing happen. And he r- went running out of the house and left his tool, tools behind and all of that. So, yeah. you know, needless to say that night, even with the talking to, we, we slept in the trailer that night. You know, like, <laughs> I'll be out here, you know? So, um, I, like, the part that I said about being programmed, that part does make me kind of sad because then I, I learned to fear that kind of thing. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that that was supposed to be in the cards for me, the fear part, because I've done a lot of work um, in, you know, shamanism and um, Reiki and uh, tarot and, and um, I've had a, many out-of-body experiences and I've had a lot of things happen. Um, I had a very dramatic UFO experience or encounter. And so if I, uh, yeah, so if I then programmed with fear, I think uh, I would have I uh, moved on with um, my mediumship studies much Sooner and much more easily, um, but you know, um, our culture. Is, um, I think over there in England, actually, you know, I do some coursework at the Arthur Findlay College. I don't know if you've heard of it in Essex. Which college is that? Uh, wait there. I'd say again. Which college did you say it was again? Sorry. It's, it's the Arthur Findlay College in Essex. It's a college for um, um, mediumship. Oh, I'll send you a link. It's fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. Different like, center culture, that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's proper England, dear witness. Proper England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would love to come and do some coursework in person. But, um, uh, yes. Anyway, so love, I'm loving that. But um, so, anyway, um, you know, that was kind of the early exposure other than my own kind of um, curiosity to that kind of thing so those things happened and no one's going to tell me they didn't there's other witnesses there's lots you know most of them are gone now but you know like um, you know my friend that I mentioned the one that was there uh, you know when I was twelve with the basket um, you know I saw her not too long ago and she was like Remember that? What the fuck? <laughs> you know? um, so you know, and it just like you just so, it come back and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that happened at her house, I'll just throw in there. Um, it, it, her, her and her family. Um, her mother, their mother was from the Philippines. They were all born here. Um, a bunch of siblings, and I was very close to that family. Spent a lot of time there. Spent the night there and all that stuff. And and um. I came around a corner and saw a young blonde boy standing in the uh, kitchen one night and then uh, he just disappeared. And we had not talked about any sort of spirit in the house at all. Nobody had mentioned well, anything. Well, so it's it. just, it, it just like appeared from nowhere and then vanished uh, it, as quick yeah, as it, as it, quick like as a, it came. 
absolutely. It's like I surprised that everybody in the house was asleep and I was going for some water. And like I said, they were all from the Philippines, or their mother was from the Philippines, so they were all dark haired, you know. So I was taken aback, thinking maybe somebody had come into the house. And, uh, but anyway, they disappeared. Just, and so I was probably about. That's proper creepy, isn't it? Pretty young. I maybe I was probably I was maybe twelve or thirteen around then. Um, but I so I didn't say anything to them about that until a later date when her brother had said that um, he was very upset that his covers had been pulled off all the way to the floor the night before. I was I. And I said, oh, it's probably the blonde boy. And then they were all like, oh, my God, you saw him? And I said, yes. Yeah. So they had seen him and boy. they had other experiences. So um, so we had a common, um, you know, we, we kind of had that in common. Her, her name's Lisa. Yeah, and common occurrence, uh, for sure. You know. Yeah. So um, I'm still in touch with her here and there, but we were really good friends, all of, you know, through school and all of that. So you what, though? Okay. Which you must have had some that? sort of relief when when you, when you knew that, um, that like other people had noticed something similar or seen something similar. Yeah, um, must yeah, have been a relief yeah, that yeah. for you. It a total relief because you know, like I said, when you're kind of having these experiences, you really seek to justify your sanity because in our culture, you're you're crazy, you know. You're a nut that's, that's the first thing. Well, you just you label straight away, aren't you? Uh, you yeah. Labels yeah. Straight away, it's oh. uh, and that you're right. If people say, "Oh, yeah, there's something wrong," with you, or, or you know, you you're losing your mind, and that's oh, that is yeah. what you do straight away. You're labeled. You're judged. Oh yeah. Well, I learned at a pretty early age how to read the room. You know. Like, yeah. you could throw, you know, if some, if somebody else brings it up, you know, then just, you know, how long do you got? You want to hear my story? <laughs> so, yeah, it um, shouldn't be that way, should it? Not when it, all it takes is somebody to just listen. Yeah. It makes a big difference, yeah. But the other way like is... Like us talking helpful. now makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah so... Um, those were a couple of early, early things, you know, but like yeah. I said, since I was so curious all the time, um, I grew up uh, in the beach cities of Los Angeles. And if you know, you happen to have any listeners from there, there used to be this bookstore in Hermosa Beach called Either Or Bookstore. And it was, um, it was a block from my house. And so even before I was driving, um, I would go down to either or bookstore because they they had this like levels and their third level was the metaphysical section. And so Hermosa Beach used to be um, a real hippie town, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of new agey people. It's really bougie now. It's like you can't even afford to park there now, but um, right <laughs> at the beach. But, um, but back then it was, you know, there was, uh, you know, a tarot reader on every corner and also a you know a dirty biker bar you know every corner too but um it was a super fun place to a lot of punk yeah. bands came from there so um yeah it was a pretty cool place to uh, grow up and be young but um anyway i found myself in either or bookstore a lot um in on the third level and you would find other like-minded people there too because they just filled that section with every 
book essentially published at the time, if it was numerology or astrology or, you know, UFOs, and they would get, you know, you know, it was just, it was a hot spot for, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the beyond normal thinkers, you know, so um, that, you know, in the library, when I was younger, it was all like anything I could find on um, any topic, even if it was just fiction, just ghost stories or, you know, you know, you, you name it, right? Um, but, um, so I'll, I'll tell you about my UFO experience because I'm pretty sure I got that, a, a Bud Hopkins book there. Um, and I had, um, also one of the things that I had done leading up to that was, I believe that for a long time I had past life dreams at one in particular, a repetitive dream as the same person. And so because of that, you know, I would wake up from these dreams that I was another person, this one person, a man living in Scotland. And I had, I could tell you many, many details because I must have had a hundred dreams of being this person and starting young enough that I would wake up from those dreams and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm this person, weird, you know, kind of thinking everybody did that. So I, I went through the whole a section of reincarnation, every book, every possible book, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm pretty sure that's what that is," because that's the only explanation. And because somebody wrote a book, somebody else thinks that this is real, you know. Anyway, yeah. I, you know, I sort of finished the R section, and then I moved to the U section. I guess I'm UFOs. Um, uh, so I start got started to get a little fascinated with that. I had not had a, any sort of encounter or anything. I was just like, "Whoa," you know, like that's the thing, and. Um, anyway, I think it was a Bud Hopkins book, um, and in it he had said that you could request a flyby uh, if you want. You know, you could talk to the, yeah. you know, the space people and just request to be outside. Say, hey, you know. Um, so I I didn't try it, but I it was just in my mind, and um, I was a little older now, early twenties, maybe twenty, and. Um, uh, I went on a water skiing trip, which I did a lot. Went water skiing, at, you know, hour and a half, two hours outside of Los Angeles. We'd, I'd go with like some work people and a gang of people, a couple boats, motorhomes, and you know, we'd have a real, we'd you know, have a real good time. And um, yeah. anyway, uh, I remember it being the second day we were there. So the first day is usually, you know, everybody's super excited and drinks a bunch of beer and water skis all day and exhausted and the second day is usually super chill because everybody's either hungover or sunburned or overseas or whatever um and so um i everybody went to sleep early except for me and two friends these two two guys and uh we were literally like no beer that day no nothing and uh hot chocolate by the fire not tired yet and um and we just started talking about the sky you know looking up and talking about, you know, uh, what's out there. And, um, one of the friends in particular, uh, for sure was somebody I could, uh, go deep with in conversations, you know, like he could, he, the other one, not quite as much, but he was trying to keep up, you know, <laughs> kind of lame to say. A little bit. <laughs> you know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you know, topic of UFOs, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just read this book, and it, it said you could request a flyby, and, you know, and we weren't even talking about 
like trying it. We just, I just said it. And, and one of the friends goes, you know, he points over to the horizon and he goes, Whoa, what's that? You know? And, you know, the other two of us are just like, you know, shut up, dude, sit down, you know, like just stop, you know, your joke didn't work. You know? All of it. <laughs> but, uh, but we looked over there and it looked like, um, it looked like a Ferris wheel going very fast, but huge and way at, like at the horizon line. And so we were already like, what could that possibly be? Like, that's too big to be what it is to be able to, you know, it just didn't make sense. Like physics wise, it was just off. And it was like the spinning wheel right on the horizon, but very big. You know, because we're like, it couldn't be a Ferris wheel out there because we wouldn't be able to see it, if, if that makes sense. In, in any case, we, we were all three standing up at this point, And then within, you know, a breath, it was over our heads. And, you know, how I know it was the same thing, I have no idea. Because it was, it blinked out and blinked in, I guess. But in any case, it was uh, that was direct, directly over our heads. And, you know, now it's very common to hear about black triangles back then. I had never heard of one. And, um, but it was uh, massive and completely silent. And I, you know, I've got a palm tree in my backyard that's about 80 feet high. And um, I would say it was just a little higher than that. Um, when I look at the top of my palm tree, like uh, maybe another 20 or 40 feet higher than that, but right around, so really close, like right over our head, blocked out the stars behind it, you know. Um, and so obviously, you know, obviously you'd think, I shouldn't say obviously, because if it happened, if, if you're thinking what you would do if that happened to you, you would think that you might run for cover or, you know, scream or panic or we did nothing. We just stared at it. And it had um, on each corner of the triangle was a light. And so what it was doing was the light, like one would blink on and then the next corner and then it would go off and then the next one would come on. And then it would, so it created like, like a chasing, a light, like Christmas lights, kind of like a, really like these chasing lights. So it really defined the triangle shape. Um, on each, do you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, so it kind of, it's sort of from a distance, it might look like it was spinning, but it wasn't. It was just the light giving a light show. Um, and like I said, completely silent, absolutely no sound. And so in my mind, we weren't talking, but in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, it's not like my mind was blank, but I, and I was thinking, like, how is that? hovering there like that's not making sense in physics as I know it you know like and but not scared and not worried and nothing um actually pretty like just curious and calm um and maybe even a little like um amused I guess because I was like doing a light show for us <laughs> you know like well how is this actually happening and so for quite a while, I couldn't tell you how long we stood there, mouths agape, just looking at it. And so, um, watching this, this chasing light. And then, like this massive thing, um, 
couldn't even tell you how big it was. You know, maybe as wide as a as a like a jumbo jet is long. Like it was absolutely oh, big. and so big, big, huge. Yeah, blocked out a good portion of the sky. And so at at, at some point, I couldn't tell you how much time had passed, but it's like so if it's facing its belly towards us, it turned on its side so that we're seeing its profile. And so it's obviously much thinner, at, but we could still see the lights. But from that angle, the lights were just going up and down because we couldn't see the, them hitting the other corner, if that yeah. makes sense. And so yeah. with that, I had the complete download that this thing is doing this for us. It's showing us what it can do. It's giving us a light show. It's like trying to entertain us or teach us or something. Like, I was like, whoa, you know, why us? Why now? What is that? <laughs> <You> know, um, <laughs> so, uh, so then it turned its belly back towards us, and then uh, one of the guys had the presence of, like, kind of snapped too. Um, I think I said, uh, "I can't believe my eyes." I think I said that, and then you know the the sort of smarter one said, "Better believe it, this is happening." And so once we spoke, it was like it broke its belly, and, and um, the other one was like we got to tell the others. We got to wake some people up. In my mind, it was around 8.30, 9 p.m. at night. Um, yeah. But in reality, I think it was more like 2 or 3 in the morning because I think a lot of time has passed. You know, the more I think about oh, it. You're rough time. He, he went to bang on the motorhomes and, you know, yelling at people in their yeah. tents. And nobody came out. Nobody said a word. Like they couldn't hear us or something. I mean, as loud as he was, somebody should have stirred. Somebody, but no one, nothing, not even a cricket, you know? So that was one of those things where I feel like um, we were in some sort of other time dimension for lack of the language to try and explain it. I don't think they could hear us. I, I would almost say they couldn't see us, even though we felt grounded in reality. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced that we were. And so I've had people that I've told the story to um, say, well, you were probably abducted, you know? And uh, I don't know, nothing. I didn't have any, um, I, I didn't have any reason to think that that's true other than, and I, oh, I should also say, one of the things that we did on this, these trips, it was before we had cell phones, but we would be like, okay, everybody take your watches off because there's no time here on vacation, you know? Didn't, you know, it was just a funny thing everybody did, sort of like, no watches, you know, it doesn't matter what time it is, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's beer o'clock at noon or whatever. <laughs> so, I, not that I would have looked at my watch, I would have never even, wouldn't even have, it didn't occur to me to get my camera, it didn't occur to me to look at my, at the time, and nothing like that. It just, the only thing that occurred to me was, um, was being aware that the dimension of a dimensional shift, but I wouldn't have been able to even call it that. Right. Um, at that right. just in hindsight. So, so um, I don't know how much time really passed. However, I do know the way that it ended was um, it took off or blinked out or disappeared and then appeared again at the horizon line, but not where it came from. It was about a 90 degree angle. Um, so, and then it, we could see the pinwheel on the horizon, but there was mountains over there. So it was 
um, you know, far away again. I should say also, which I, I, I don't say that often, but you know, it needs to be noted that on the other side of that mountain range that I, that we, it blinked out at, um, was where, or is where, uh, Lockheed Skunk Works is. So, um, I mean, that is just the fact of the matter. So, you know, they say that, you know, um, weird stuff with Ben Rich happened over there and my brother worked for Lockheed Skunk Works and told me some weird shit. <laughs> so who knows, you know, like, I I don't actually I don't know what happened that night. All I know is what I've told you. So um, after it was gone, um, we were completely silent. I mean, there was actually nothing to say. So um, I didn't feel like talking. I didn't feel like remaining, um, you know, vertical. <laughs> so I got in my tent and I laid in my tent for a while thinking about it. But I was very very peaceful and very. Um, uh, but almost even like joyful um slept really really good and but not knowing what time i actually went to sleep i woke up to everybody awake you know and could tell that it was later in the day like i had slept through the morning and you know came out of my tent and and everybody had already skied had breakfast you know it was like whoa how late did you guys stay up last night you know kind of thing because they were just coming out of their tent at the same time and um, I got eye contact with them and didn't, none of us felt like talking about it. Just nope, just no desire to discuss what had happened. Not in a bad way, just didn't seem like the thing to do. Um, however, uh, about six months later, um, not that I didn't see them for six months, I just, we didn't talk about it for about six months. And then one evening we were together and, and one of them brought it up. And then we talked about it. And so, you know, we had the same experience, obviously. Um, just a little sidebar. The, you know, the one that is a little less of a thinker, um, he ended up coming, becoming like a born-again Christian and, you know, is to this day very freaked out, thinks the whole thing was demonic and all this stuff. Um, uh, me and the other guy don't feel that. Um, I think that we were, uh, we had a, post-hypnotic suggestion for, you know, um, you know, for peace. Um, so, so that one, like another one witnesses and another one where I was like, there's something going on with consciousness, you know, you know, there's something that we're not, we're not told is a reality that is a, a deep reality. Um, and again, you know, not the kind of thing I can talk about with the soccer moms, you know? <laughs> uh, so, um, but, you know, at the time, for the longest time, uh, I would say a solid, at least decade, maybe more, I, I would just be like, why did that happen? Why? There's got to be a reason why. got to be a reason why. And the older I get is, what is the reason why? You know, I was shown we were shown, we were gifted the fact that, you know, our consciousness is way bigger than we're led to believe. And, um, you know, the whole alien agenda and the whole um, blue beam and they're going to scare the shit out of us out of, you know, with all of that. Um, i just not a person that buys that. I just, that's not the experience I had. And, 
you know, sure, maybe people have had horrific abduction experiences and anal probes and, you know, um, you know, I, I watch South Park, so I know what people think, you know, but, um, but, you know, I, I, if, if so, I would say, I would just say maybe it's, is for the betterment of the species, you know, um, like we do cattle. I don't know, you know. And um, also later, you know, my so I have a, a I have three kids, and my middle daughter, she's had experiences, some UFO experiences. And when she was a child, um, she would get bloody noses, and I would wonder because I was also having these like nighttime night terror things. I didn't know where to put them then. I know where to put them now, but also my mother had experiences. She would wake up uh, with her, you know, nightgown on backwards. She woke up once at her nightgown on backwards. You know. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then that's my grandmother. Really, that's really weird. Uh, uh, real weird. She she was the least vocal out of everybody. My daughter told me her stuff. My grandmother told me her very dramatic story. My mom, not so much. She did say weird stuff. There's stuff in the sky. But I, I just don't think that she knew where to put it. She had a very stressful life. So it was more than she could really ponder, you know, because her stressful life might have been a result of her stepping down with some of her experiences. You know, it's her sister that had the poltergeist. And so it was their mother. Um, when I was a baby, um, she told me the story later, but I was alive when the, um, when it happened to her, um, her, she had, her and her boyfriend, um, she lived to be 101. And so she was a wonderful lady. Uh, but like in her eighties is when it happened. And her boyfriend was like almost 90, but super sharp, like really sharp as a taxi people. And this is yeah. also in Utah. I've Googled this story and have not been able to find it. But again, if there's any Utah people that remember this, then it was probably the 1970s or so. Um, there was a, between, there's a little town called Milford and there's a, another little town called Minersville. And I, I think that's is where her story occurred. And it was uh, literally a, a craft, like a saucer-shaped craft that came down and landed by the highway and about a hundred cars stopped and got out and saw some things. And so this is my grandma's story. And she was not a person to tell a story like that, you know? Um, and you know, her, her sweetheart of a boyfriend, Bert, he's like, Oh yeah, that happened. You know, um, had the same story. And so is there like a bloodline thing or a familial thing? Hey, um, you know, there's possibility. I've heard that. And, um, you know, we, I've also heard that um, certain lineages have a little bit more. I have my DNA is a lot of uh, uh, Scottish, English, and Native American. So I've heard that is a combo that gets a lot of, uh, gets a lot of action, <laughs> you know, from the sky. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if that's true, but I have heard somebody else say that, you know. Um, so, a lot of history. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, DNA or places in the world, uh, around the world. So, um, but the other thing connected to that is, um, is uh, you know, I had, uh, I used 
I used to have night terrors, terrible for my whole life, night terrors. Some I would just like run screaming out of the house or the room. Um, they're hard to describe. Um, some sleep paralysis. And during these night terrors, there's a lot of um, battling going on. So like there's this massive battle of light and dark. And invoking the name of Jesus, I, I finally came to realize is, is real powerful. Um, I had them for my entire life until I started uh, with a shaman drinking ayahuasca, and then they stopped. And I haven't, you know, I don't have them anymore. But um, some of these, I feel, maybe were related to some more malicious type stuff. Um, you know, one that I have a witness for was my ex-husband, who was skeptical or just more grounded, you know, just sort of uh, wasn't into that kind of thing. But he, he was certainly good about trying to hold me down when I was having a night care. Um, but one of them, you know, I, I essentially said out loud there here, and there was these green lights around the bed, and, and he admitted that he saw the lights. Um, so, which was, you know, kind of um, distur- obviously disturbing for him, but, you know, validating for me that those, Something other than just my brain. And oh, he actually seen, like, the apparition. Right. It was, because that's what I saw, too. It was these, like, lights, green lights, encircling around the bed in, in this. And so I don't know what the, I couldn't tell you what the green lights represented, although they felt like they were conscious in some way or manifesting, maybe, yeah. or something. But... When I came to, because it's, I guess it's pretty obvious when I would start having night terrors, I'd start huffing and puffing and maybe screaming and breathing really hard and crying yeah, and things yeah. like that. And so he, that's what woke him up. But he was also dreaming about the green lights around going. That is creepy, though, isn't it? That's creepy, yeah. yeah. Uh, because some of these, some of these experiences were indescribable, but just instilled complete abject. Yeah. Or, like, like in real life, nothing could scare me about that, you know. So I think it was um, a bit of a siphoning off of my psychic energy, if, if if you understand that. I think that that adrenaline. I think there's things that feed off of human adrenaline because I think adrenaline yeah. is is a little more than just a physical thing. I think it's a it's an energy body thing as well. So um, I'm no expert, but that's how it felt. So again, like consciousness out of consciousness and consciousness and um, you know what we're aware of what we're not do we have a higher self that is more aware and directs things but on the so many questions so many oh god you know just as soon as you think you've got an answer to one then you're like but what about this you know because there's another question you know there's a whole other flight of stairs you know so um at on kind of not the last thing about um you know uh possible um sky visitors because but the other sort of dramatic the last kind of dramatic thing that happened um was uh i was having uh i guess a lucid dream it wasn't a night terror but i had this lucid dream where i knew i was laying in bed and there was a being standing next to the bed and i could probably draw uh him you know, not a typical gray uh, type alien, even though I knew what those looked like and stuff. This was taller, 
uh, longer face, kind of more humanoid, uh, more brownish skin, but a very kind face. So, you know, I've since learned that they, some, some people believe that they can present and however they want. You know, they can look like an owl, they can look like a clown, or you know, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. All I know is what I saw was a kind face, and I wasn't upset or disturbed. I was more curious and kind of like. Hey, bro. What are you doing here? Who are you? Um, <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you got the right house? You know. <laughs> but uh, well, but I it. did wake up. Uh, I did wake up with uh, something very sore in my neck um, on the on the left hand side, and I can still feel a little scar tissue over there. Um, something implanted in my neck. That's the only way I can put it. So I touched my neck and I went, ow, you know, and I thought, I mean, gross. Did I get like a, that was my first thought, like a, like a weird pimple feel, or a boil on my, on my did neck. Did it feel like a uh, tender to touch, so, so to speak? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, like yeah. I could barely touch it. And so I went to go look in the mirror and even though I didn't see much, I was expecting to see like a boil or something, you know? But I couldn't really see anything, and it wasn't red. Like I, it felt like I should yeah. see, like it should just be really inflamed or irritated, but it wasn't. Barely noticeable. So I thought, well, I'm just gonna, um, I'm gonna squeeze it, like whatever, because it was hard. It was like a BB in there, and so I squeezed at it, and then as soon as that happened, I got this like terrible wave of nausea. Like, don't touch that, you know? I mean, like I was, oh, I felt like I could throw up. It's not weird. I, I mean, yeah, but, but it happened, you know? And so I didn't touch it. Um, and I, but I wasn't, I wasn't really disturbed by it. Um, just another little like observation about it. So I'm older now, I'm past childbearing years, but when this happened, I was right in the middle and I had two daughters already. And one of those yeah. daughters is, had subsequent experiences, right? And so, you know, if I had to kind of bet money, if somebody said, you know, bet, what would you bet a hundred bucks that this was? I would say it was probably some kind of implant to track my breathing or track my something, <laughs> uh, eggs maybe, or I don't know, something related to childbearing. That's all I really know because um, I... That's disturbing though, isn't it? I mean... Yes and no. Like at the at the time, I wasn't disturbed by it. And after, I mean, I guess I should be disturbed by it, you know. But I'm really sort of just curious about it. Um, I didn't mean I, I to be disrespectful, and if that's how it come across, it's just um, it's just me me um, reaction that I mean immediate yeah, reaction. Right. So and then again, I hope I didn't like, defend you. Then sorry, love. No, God, no, no, not at all, because. I always try and think about like everything that I roll around in my head is like, do I really think this or am I programmed to think this? You know, and that's kind of true with that as well. I think Our, we're we're programmed for fear of that. And if you know if, uh, nothing bad happened to any of this, maybe eggs were taken. I, who do? How do I know? I have no proof of that. I have no reason to think it did happen, didn't happen, uh, other than what I'm telling you is what. I feel occurred. Um, I had that thing in my neck for, I'm not really sure how long, but for uh, years, 
and and I would if I was just like um, you know just sitting around sometimes I would just play with it you know and be like oh it's still there you know um, and hard you know um, just like yeah. a BB and then then one day I reached up to do that and it wasn't there and I was like what the <laughs> where did that go you know uh, not, yeah. not bombed or anything but I, I do I do believe I noticed it was gone after childbearing age. I, I think. I, I don't know for sure. But but like I said, when I like I'm touching it now and there is a little bit of scar tissue there. Um so I, do I feel like I should go write a book about, you know, that no, I don't it just is what it is. And I think maybe it happens to a lot of people. They just they aren't paying attention or they aren't interested in, you know, um consciousness yeah. studies, you know, or why I, I maybe some people are completely unconscious um, about it, and maybe because I was such a seeker, you know, like by then I had already had some out of body experiences because I worked on it, you know, read the Monroe books, and I'm like, I'm finding yeah. out, you know, like this ain't happening without this part is not going on without me, you know. <laughs> so, um, so I, and maybe also it's not like. I think maybe I've told this part of the story to two people, you and somebody else, like, because I know or trust that like, you know, that it's, um, we're like-minded and your audience would be like interested, but it's not like, once again, I'm not going to go talk about it at Thanksgiving, you know? Um, cause why, yeah. you know, yeah. like, I'm not going to write a book. I don't want any money for it. I don't want to be special for it. It's just an observation because, you know, we're curious, aren't we? You know, trying to figure this whole better. Even more curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I know amongst that, you know, the paranormal field, people are like, "It's a ghost." No, it's an alien. No, it's... and I just think the answer is yes. It's all of it. All of it's our consciousness, and it's all possible. It, you know, it's just if you're studying one thing and you've got some confirmation bias on that, you know, it's. Uh, it's time to maybe look at another discipline because I think they're all connected and they, they're all connected to our consciousness. You know? Um, so yeah, I said a mouthful there. Well, yeah, fascination, um, beyond fascination. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know how long we've been going. Do you want to break stuff up and, uh, uh, what, are you, what are you thinking? What do you want to do? Oh well, we've we've just gone we've gone over an hour, haven't we? So what whatever you feel comfortable with, love. Okay. What, what do you want to okay. you want to um, do it in parts like we we discussed? Or I do have. Um, how about that? Since there's like. I, to me, it kind of feels like there's different sectors of like the story yeah. that I, I have brought back some things I've been curious about, right? And like they're, you know, in the ghost sector, because um, <laughs> uh, it's not like I see ghosts all the time or feel them all the time. I've, I've gone into people's houses and had some experiences and and I do for sure feel it when I walk in the door, I know something's there. Um, so, you can sense um, it, yeah. 
Yeah, but I guess that's a gift in a way, isn't it? Having that ability. Is it isn't ability? So. I mean, I feel like it's a gift now that I started studying mediumship seriously. Yeah. Because uh, you've you know, noticed it a bit more now. Uh, you've got this. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like a it's like an ability uh, you've obtained, and <laughs> that's fascinating to me. It's, it's it, still. <laughs> It's so unpredictable, though, you know, like, like, it's almost like, um, if I'm, if my mind is not thinking about it, and I'm just in a relaxed state of like, you know, walking into a client's house, and then I'll be like, oh, hey, you know, there's something here, you know, <laughs> but, but if I'm someone to be yeah. like, can you come clear a ghost out of my house? I'd be like, even though I've, I've studied shamanism for some time, I'm kind of like, well, I, I could cry. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that has happened, and I've been like, I, I don't necessarily feel anything here, so then I'll maybe have some doubts, and, you know, I have come to learn that some hauntings are really projections of the um, living person, because our psyches are way powerful, and they reach out beyond our, um, you know, our bodies, uh, and can do some weird stuff, you know, so, but am I an expert? No, all I know is that sometimes it happens, and sometimes it's doesn't happen and I'm just as curious and learning as the next person you know um so um I'll how about I okay so I've got this uh demon story and um I'll tell you that one and it it takes a little bit I think so why don't we do that and then then maybe you know we'll hook up again and you tell me like you know the out-of-body experience or um you know that sounds that sounds perfect nothing more um, paranormal than ayahuasca I'll tell you that much because you know it's the fast track to the pineal gland and um, once you're you're in a state where your third eye is open like it's all right there you know <laughs> it's like the world is, the universe is paranormal you know it's this place is the uh, illusion you know so um, okay so uh, I by the time I started dating um um, this guy named Rod. Um, we had been friends in high school, um, but never we didn't date or anything. We just become really good friends, and uh, our group would kind of sometimes go over to his house, you know, for lunch. He was kind of close to the high school, and so I had met his mom, and he was born in Costa Rica, but um, he was a citizen. But his, you know, his mom didn't speak a word of English, right? Um, sweetest lady in the world, though. But um, anyway, some a couple of years after a few years after um, high school, um, we started dating. We were working in the same restaurant, and um, we started dating. And, you know, somewhere in a conversation, we started talking about weird stuff. And so he saw that I was um, – I, actually, I had already had my UFO experience. So um, he, he was very grateful, I guess, that he could talk about some weird stuff happening to him. And um, then he disclosed that he thought that he was actually being haunted, he and his mother, and, um, yeah. you know, that he was scared to death. And so um, this guy normally, I mean, you know, he would do some open mic nights, like normally he was a really funny guy, you know, um, a cheerful, funny, funniest guy in the room kind of guy. And, but on this subject, he went very dark um, and, and very afraid. And so I was very early in experiences and you know 
rather cavalier about oh ghosts yeah sure i want to get a ghost in your house hell yeah i'll come over like let's do a seance or something stupid right <laughs> um but when so when he was telling me about this he says to me and this was like kind of we hadn't even been dating that long um and so I, I didn't really, I only knew the funny side of him. I only knew the uh, fun guy. I didn't know this other guy that he was. And so, so he's telling me this story about how there's something in his house and, and following him around and he thinks it's malevolent. And that he described what I later learned were called spectral lights, like, like, he, like literally what you see in that movie, Poltergeist. Like that's how he described it. The, these colorful spectral lights would go through the house and a little hooded figure, a uh, cloaked figure in his house. And so I, you know, I had no reason to believe him or disbelieve him. I was just kind of along for the ride because we we're at my house and he's telling me this story. And so he goes, so I want you to, I want you to watch something. And so he looks over at the bedroom door and it's about um, three quarters of the way open. And he's staring at the door and the door closed about just a quarter open so he moved the door with his mind you know and so oh i mean i just look at him i, I look at him and i'm like okay so i've seen stuff like this before um even though it's not supposed to happen um yeah. dude, that was really weird um so um so uh, then I'm, it, my attention is peaked more but i'm also a little bit more wary and so he's like well you know my mom would love it if there was another witness to this and somebody's got to see what's going on. And he had already disclosed that he tried to get their priest out there who wouldn't come. And so, you know, like I said, I was very cavalier and didn't take it very seriously. Um, I, it's not that I didn't take it seriously. I was just more curious, like dumb, you know, like, let's step off this cliff and see what happens, you know? Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, um, he said, well, let's grab a movie and, you know, some food and, and then we'll go over there and spend the night we'll see if something happens, you know. And so by coincidence or not coincidence, um, it was during uh, the Rodney King riot. I don't know if you know, remember that or know about that. There was, a, there was some riots in Los Angeles. And, um, and the, during the riot, his neighborhood was not a neighborhood that I should have found myself in um, at all. And probably not even on the roads at all because it was, it was, you know, it was full on riots going on. And so once again, I was just dumb and young and whatever. Found, anyway, I found myself in, um, in the hood um, <laughs> during the riots. Uh, but, you no. know, <laughs> he, yeah, he said, um, you know, if if he's in the car driving into the neighborhood, that my car would be safe and that I would be safe. And th this is just a little sidebar, which I found fascinating. Is he he said, um, you know, when we drive into town, roll down the windows, and you'll hear people making calls about your car, uh, you know, about who's in the neighborhood. And so, uh, and then he points. He goes, look up there, and I saw this girl up in the tree. And um, and then there was another one up on this pole a little farther down. And so when I drove by, they were like making these calls and whistles. And so they were signaling to each other if my car was safe or not, or good or not, or supposed to be there or not. And so, you know, my boyfriend, he had his 
arm out the window, essentially telling them, you know, it's him kind of thing. And so I didn't know he had a, had a bit of a dark side, um, a bit of a gang affiliation, which I had no idea about. Um, and he was also connected with some, uh, with a fairly well-known rap band that I don't, I'm not going to name because you may recognize them. And they, this, that not, you know, not the ones you're probably thinking right now, but, but if you looked them up, you'd find them kind. And I didn't know that at the time. And I also didn't know that his car, uh, where he had a bunch of guns in his trunk. So I'm thinking he's my, my friend from high school that, you know, uh, I hang with at the beach and work with, you know, but anyway, um, you know, like, don't, you know, um, don't criticize me for my character. I was super young, but, um, anyway, uh, get to the house and, uh, come into the house with our food and the movie and stuff. And, and his mom was there just beside herself, wringing her hands. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Gracias for being here. You know, the whole thing. He had black cloth over every reflective surface, over every picture over every mirror and then novena candles everywhere garlic hanging everywhere like this lady was she was mortified scared to death and so happy to see me just wanted anybody in the house and so yeah i obviously thought well that's weird you that, know that, um, I, I was just gonna say that that's uh, yeah, that a, a very strange red flag um yeah so Sure. You know, kind of, did, kind of did our thing. You know, movie and and a and um at the time, um, I was a bartender. You know, that's what I was doing for work, and I was those were really late nights. You know, working in restaurants and um, stuff, and and um, uh, so I, I typically didn't go to bed until sometimes like four in the morning, and then I'd sleep until noon or whatever. So my body clock was not someone who would fall asleep at seven um but i did and and i knew i was falling asleep like i was like this is so weird i'm like going to sleep right now and um i i'm pretty sure with my clothes on that i i'm not exactly sure but i woke up at, at some point during the night he was laying down asleep and i heard um it's the order of things that i don't remember 100 percent. one of the times i woke up I heard hangers in the closet hitting together, uh, you know, metal hangers, like pinking together. And another uh, time that I woke up, there was a sound in the wall that was beyond loud. Just, it was as if the sound was not just in the house, but in my head. It was this bang that was so loud. Um, and so that one, I think, woke him up briefly. But what, where it started to peak was I had it felt like someone sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe and he wasn't awake at this part. And, um, I'm, you know, struggling to breathe and like, I couldn't even move my, um, hands really other than I started to kind of like hit him to wake him up. And, um, I heard someone say something in Spanish in my other ear. So he was to my left and in my right ear, I heard someone whisper something in Spanish in like a aggressive tone. And um, but by now I'm just about like my heart is gonna beat out of its chest. I'm like I'm absolutely mortified. And he finally wakes up and he's like, "Is it here? Is it here?" And and I was like, oh. and I could move again when he uh, came around and and um, 
And so he was on his stomach, actually. And then suddenly the black cat jumps up on the night table next to my bed. And we had the door closed and stuff. And, and um, I was like, oh, my God, your cat's in here. Is your cat, you know, like, is your, maybe your cat, you know, maybe it's your cat making the whatever. And um, he goes, I don't have a cat. And so he jumps up and he, and so like, there's no way there was a cat in there when we got in there. I, it, under the bed, it came from outside. How? So he, we're on the first floor and he, he like throws the screen out and then he throws this black cat out. Like, it was crazy, you know? And so I'm thinking at this point, like, where are my keys? Where are my clothes? I don't care if there's a riot. I don't care if I'm in the hood. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going. Goodbye, you know? And, um, but I could feel myself falling back to sleep or more accurately, like my energy being sucked out of me. Um, and it felt, you know, it felt like it feels when you're sick and you've got no energy, like you're awake, but you're just not like no energy. Like I couldn't, I couldn't keep my, like, I couldn't lift my hands, you know? So anyway, sure enough, I fell back to sleep. Um, and, um, um, woke up with him trying to wake me up. I opened my eyes. And he's like, oh my God, I was going to call 911. I couldn't wake you up. And so, you know, I'm thinking, noticing how late in the day it is because of the light, the way the light shone in the room. I knew it was like the afternoon, you know, and um, which means I slept a lot. And so, but the other thing is I had my head at the other end of the bed. I had my head at the foot of the bed. And so I have no idea how I got that way. Um, you know, I, I came to and I was awake and, you know, I was, you know, trying to process what happened. You know, sure. got dressed, left. But he, you know, he's like, we really need somebody to help us. You know, do you know anybody? And so at that time, now I know people, but at that time, I, I didn't know anybody. You know, he already called his priest and got shut down. So um, I did have a friend. I still have this friend, but um, her father, uh, he uh, and mother, they he fancied himself sort of a shamanic type, and her a psychic, you know, had a lot of psychic abilities. And so I was like, these are the only people I can think of. So I called my friend, and she goes, "Yeah, my parents would love to come check it out." And so they did, and you know, my friend was there, and my boyfriend, the mother, and and his mother, and and uh, you know, she came and she put. Um, candles in every window she anointed all the doorways with holy water um and you know we said a prayer and, and you know the sage and the whole thing and, and then she made a beeline for the closet that had the hangers hitting together in the bedroom we were in and, and she said there's something in here uh, and it focuses on this area and she said some prayers and tried to clear it and then and then she went to the hall um like a linen cabinet in the hall and she said, um, she had her hands on the, on the cabinets, and she said, um, is, there any, is there anything in here like rocks or wood or metal or something that you've brought from someplace else? And um, so Rob was like, holy shit, how could she know this, you know? And he said, yeah, there's, there's some rocks in there. And um, he, had ha- he had an uncle who requested him to bring back a suitcase full of rocks from Costa Rica, and she rocks. called them uh, rocks, yeah, stones. And 
she said that there was elementals. She called them elementals, elemental spirits attached, malevolent elemental spirits attached to those stones. And so she knew that they were in where they were. And, you know, she said, you're going to, you need to get rid of the rocks, you know, throw them in the ocean, get them, get rid of them. And so, uh, right. so, so they, they were attached to the rocks. And they, yeah. And they were brought back by his uncle. And so right. this uncle has, um, so boyfriend's father in Costa Rica, um, he, his father essentially was kind of high up in the government and his mother was his maid. And so maid became pregnant. He shipped her off to the United States. The uncle is sort of a caretaker overseer. So um, this uncle, however, is the one that, if you're following me, hopefully that wasn't too convoluted, but um, the uncle is who wanted the rocks brought back from Costa Rica and placed in the house. And so as soon as the rock thing, elemental thing became disclosed, you know, Rod turned white. And he's like, okay, I think I, I need to show you all something. And so we go into the garage and um, he had a, a, weight bent, a weight bench sitting, a rug and then a weight bench right in the middle where he'd like work out and stuff. And so, and also I think to cover what was painted on the garage floor. So, um, he, you know, they all moved all the equipment and then rolled up the rug and there was this, it, it for sure was a pentagram, but there was lots more symbols painted and stuff. And so then Rod disclosed that his uncle sacrificed his animals there. <laughs> so it was like... His uncle did what, sorry? <laughs> what was that last bit then, sorry? And the last bit is uh, the uncle would sacrifice animals in that place, the painted pentagram in the garage, mostly chickens. Whoa. And so... This was not disclosed to me before I stayed there. He didn't, I don't know what he thought. Uh, you know, uh, maybe he didn't connect the two until the elemental thing yeah. came yeah. up. Or, I, I, you know, I don't know what, you know, come to find out later, what he was doing to deal with a lot of this was a lot of, uh, a lot of drugs. Um, that's how he was coping. But I came to find out later that, you know, you really open yourself up uh, when you do hardcore drugs like that to your your psychic body your spirit body your your home your everything you're essentially you know opening a door to homeless dark entities um and well, not well, to mention well, drugs, well, drugs was he uh, consuming i think it was a lot of i think it was a lot of cocaine i heard later that um he got into like meth and stuff and you know i obviously i made a hasty retreat from dating him but uh, not there was another event that happened. So um, before that, which was also just, uh, you know, this was it, it was it heated up real quick after that. Let's say the activity and the so that it, it escalated very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then you know I figured out how to make my retreat. But um, um, at the you know, I had I had been dating him long enough to be living with him. So all together, it was maybe about a year. But we were living in a beautiful place and right out on the beach. So it it looked good on the outside, but on the inside, um, there was real weirdness happening. And so um, yeah. just a lot of stuff that he wasn't telling me. I did, he hid the drugs, he hid the guns, he hid all that. I didn't know, and um, until I started to like piece it together. 
and yeah. there was a couple of it all happened so quickly really it really did and and what yeah. he did for a living was um he promoted nightclubs right so and he he'd make a, a gang of money doing that just ca- just cash you know these nightclub things he'd yeah. bring in these bands and and djs and and it was just a crazy time you know in the 90s and so um when he'd make all this money, he'd be like, then, you know, then he'd be like, let's get out of town for a while or over a couple of days. So we did all over Southern California, did a couple of cool trips, you know, and a lot of it was just great. Nothing happening. But a couple of other times I would see his eyes turn black, you know, and he would become extremely jealous. Like his eyes would like all, it would all be black. And, and I've seen all black eyes in people other times since. So I still, I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I wasn't seeing his black eyes with my third eye or my real eyes or both, like at certain times, is there a difference? I don't, I don't, I still don't yeah. know, but uh, I, that was starting to alarm me. And I was starting to be like, I better find another place to live. I'm starting to think that. And, and then we went on a trip to San Diego, nice hotel room. The whole thing should have been great. And then um, uh, I got very tired one of the nights and then he, I wake up to him waking me up. And um, he says, I, I saw a black figure hovering over you. It looked like it was trying to, like, suck on your face. And, you know, what? I was like, what? what? Exactly. That was me. And I was, and I was oh. like, what? You know? And obviously, uh, all of these things are final straws in this relationship. But, but I was like, you know, and plus, he drove. I'm in San Diego. How am I going to run out? How, and also, where am I going to go? And, and then I went to like get out of bed and not to be too graphic but it was like the the scene in the godfather with the horse head in the bed i had been bleeding profusely and uh i what i believe and that freaked me out i thought i was i thought that i was dying but what i actually think happened was i think i miscarried i didn't know if i was pregnant or not i don't know for sure but that's what it was like and so you know very um he was also one of those people that kind of would keep you off balance with stuff all the time. You know, like I would, it kind of abusive in, in a lot of ways. Like, you know, even though well, he I'm said sorry that. I'm you have to go through that. Yeah. Really yeah. sorry. Uh, even, shit like he you. was haunted for sure. He was, he was, the, he was the problem, but he also had weird stuff around him that was the problem. And so, yeah. you know, uh, at, shortly after that trip because he, he kind of gaslighted me like you know I, I mean like I said not to be too graphic but it was not time for me to have that time in the month you know it wasn't at all but he was like oh my god you know like I'm gonna it just got weird so I didn't have to taste you know to have the bed clean or whatever and I was like dude I this is not right this is you're the you're the weird one it's not me and whatever so I, I knew that it was the relationship was coming to a close, but like I said, you know, I was living there and I was trying to gather my thoughts about how I'm getting out of there. And so this is a weird thing. It was maybe a, a day or two, night or two, might've been a week later. But anyway, um, I woke up one morning with my head at the bottom of the bed again. And I was like, um, you know, I remembered, which is odd. Like, I don't know if you, ever done that you know you sleep and how do you get turned around in bed and like completely in the opposite side my feet were on the pillow and so I was like it just was something out of a horror movie and I and I looked out um the window and there was this palm tree right there 
and not to get too weird, but I feel like the first thing I thought of was like, you know, palm fronds and the palm is like a symbol for Christ, right? And I was like, I have to go today. And I somehow, because it was like I was in this nightmare and I couldn't think straight and I couldn't um, make plans. It was like I was getting, it was like I had this veil over my eyes, you know, or my thoughts. And, and it was like looking at that palm tree, I had clarity. And so I walk out into the living room and he was already up and he, and he just saw the look on my face. He goes, you're leaving, huh? It's like he saw the veil gone or something. And um, I literally packed the bag and I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. And I went and stayed with a friend and, you know, the rest is history, right? Um, got my stuff and I didn't see him after that. Like he'd try and call and he coincidentally tried to contact me recently through Facebook, which I don't really do or go on, but I saw that and I was like, oh, no. But I did hear that he went down a much deeper, darker path uh, with drugs and spent some time in jail and, um, you know, very dark. I could only send blessings in his direction and, you know, hope, pray, pray that he um, has, you know, found Christ or, or Buddha or, you know, something of the light because I would never wish that on anyone. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think he, I think he is the one that opened the door with the drugs, you know, not that I'm a goody two shoes or anything, but I think that's how he invited it into his house and his life and his body and all that. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's a, that was a scary one. And so that one, I don't necessarily have the witness besides him, but you know, if I were talking to him, I know that he would swear that every, every bit of it is true, you know? So, um, so when when I hear people that live in haunted houses or live through these like terrifying experiences, um, and people are like, well, why don't you just move? You know, it's like it it's like it gets you. It it influences your thinking and in your mind, and you know, um, wants you in distress or something. Like it it's a it's a real spiritual battle, you know. So I have a lot of respect for um, even though like I might not say, you know, I'm into organized religion or anything. I I do respect the people that do it to keep their vibration high. And maybe how, you know, religions began were to fight the darkness. And then, you know, it gets taken over by more dark, you know, the corruption and and just the darkness feeds on that part. But I do think there's something... Yeah, yeah, it infiltrates. It infiltrates and then it and then the then the light beats it back down, you know. So, yeah. um, but you know, I learned a heck of a lot. I can't say I regret it. Um, and it took sort of your will to see through it. And maybe my previous experiences, understanding that, you know, uh, that we all have inner strength and we all do have power, no matter. I don't. I, how I was just going to say then at that point now. I don't think you realise how strong you are until, yeah. excuse me, until you actually face to face with such until you touch experiences. Them, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know and you've been I, through some oh, remarkable events, haven't you? You really have. Yeah, yeah, and some observations like, you know, uh, there's a lot of homeless here in um, Los Angeles and. 
it's hard not to see the drugged out ones. And um, you know, I have a lot of compassion and empathy for them. Um, there's a certain look in somebody who's strung out. There's a certain look in their face that reminds me of that. Like they've got a dark passenger and it's not just the addiction. You know, so that's part of why I have a lot of compassion is like, you know, they're not only controlled by the actual addiction to the drug, but there's a psycho-spiritual thing happening as well. Yeah, there could be something behind it that you don't realize. Um, Mm -hmm. I think think that's the case with um, quite a lot of people that uh, um, you don't realize it until you speak to them or or you get to hear what what they I mean, like your experiences. Uh, Not many people could have got through that. Uh, and look, look yeah, I you know, you, you know, like like no, say, I, you've was... looked into it, you've studied mediumship. People would have mm-hmm. given up and thought, you know, driven themselves to insanity. Uh, I suppose I should be grateful to George, right? We're grateful to my imaginary friend when I was little. I mean, it's not that I'm not. I am, you know, sort of. Oh, talk to something. So keep an open mind. <laughs> you know, like um, that's well, all we need. You know. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, like, like you've in a way you've embraced uh, what's been thrown yeah. at you, and you've capitalised on yeah. it, and and you've built and built, and like I said, you study mediumship. That in itself, yeah. that, that that's some achievement. Well, thanks for saying that. That's uh, you I'm know, not everybody, not everybody gets it, you know. Oh, oh. It really is fascinating. I think there are quite a lot that do. I mean, look at the audiences or, you know, all of you, the podcasts that yours and those that we enjoy and things like Coast to Coast. And, you know, there's a lot of people that go, yeah, there's more going on. Being told. There's a lot you know? more going on than, than I think we even realize now. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed yeah. for sure. So, wow. Yeah. I, I did not expect any of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm even more fascinated now than I was before. Um, I really yeah, am. Uh, well, I am fascinated by similar stories. It never gets old, right? No. I mean, because I feel like we learn a little bit more about our uh, consent a consensual reality every time we hear a story like that and we feel that the person is has integrity and in just saying what they how they see you know like you go okay so that could happen there might actually be big hairy beasts that live in the pacific northwest what do i know you know like That's what i think oh yeah yeah like i love uh, bigfoot stories, you know right you know? Uh, uh, fascinating yeah yeah, I'd, I'd love to have an experience. I just, you know, um, I uh, Esau, I would love to. Uh, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know how I would react. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but right. just, just to see with my own eyes. Yeah, I, I tend to think based on a lot of stories that there, there is a bit of a, a third eye thing going on, as opposed. To just say, you, you know, monkey, a you point know? there. You have got, you've got a, a valid point that uh, it could be third eye related. Because, it uh, might not be though. Know, 
it might. Uh, it might or both. Why can't it be both? You know. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, I sort of feel like all bets are off when it's talking about well, all of this stuff. You know, I, I don't know that any. I don't know that anybody has the answer or anybody should have the answer because it's like a, it's like a ever changing morphing, you know, exactly. phenomenon and evolving. And maybe that's the whole point. Don't get stuck on one thing. Just keep your mind open. And, and, um, you know, it's just so like, that's, that's what makes it so uh, yeah. interesting. It's all uh, fascinating because there's just so much. Uh, and, you know, you, once you, you've got a question and it's answered, there's another question. Right. There's another question. And, and yeah, then, and it's continuous, and uh, that's what makes it as fascinating. And all of those uh, fascinating topics, sort of like, you know, hidden history and things like that, maybe they're intentionally hidden, you know? Maybe, you know, like what makes me Maybe they're hidden is, for a reason. That maybe hidden for a reason. I, I feel like when yeah. I was a kid, I read a story about Andrew Jackson uh, witnessing the Bell Witch. I thought I read that somewhere, and then I tried to Google it for talking to somebody about it, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, "Those bitches! They censored that, you know." <laughs> like, yeah. So, an ever morphing uh, phenomenon with an ever morphing censorship program, and you know, it leaves us all just doing podcasts like this, going, "Okay, well, what did you learn? And what did you learn? You know, yeah. and what do you think? Because you know, I mean." Collectively, I think what we think is closer to the truth than you know what NBC Nightly yeah. News is telling us. You yeah. know? I mean, what what did you learn? About, uh, well, I've learned a lot, but there's still more to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next chapter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wait, a minute, wow. So, yeah. So, what do you what do you think? Do you want to uh, get together again another time, or we'll, sure. we'll tackle another topic? Okay. Yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'd love to. This is fun. Thanks for listening to me and my crazy stories. Oh, it really has been um, mind opening, to say the least. Really? Yes. Okay. For sure. For I'm, sure. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Just loved it. Okay. Awesome. And I can't wait till we roll again. I really can't. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, me too. Looking right, forward so to what, it. Yeah, for sure. What we'll do now, we're going to wrap it up with just a uh, few, just want to let the audience know where they can get all of you, your social medias and that, please. Sure. Okay? Uh, and, um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I have an Instagram. Um, it's at TricksterFox7. And then I have a website, and it's WhitneyFoxMedium.com. So I'd love to hear from anybody that wants to uh, give me a shout out and say hey. I'll plug your social medias in the show notes for this episode. Okay. So I'll send you a link, thanks, and people just click on links straight away and get touch you that way. Yeah.